On this episode of Between the Aisles, we focus on one of the core elements of retail, how to build an in-store environment. This is Adnan Basra. And this is Jeff Buffington. You're listening to Between the Aisles. Welcome to the show. Good morning, team, and welcome back to Between the Aisles. Today's podcast is going to be specifically retail focused, and I'm super excited about this one because it's focused on a lot of the stuff that me and my team, we do every day, the in-store environment. The overview of this podcast is basically an end-to-end explanation of what it takes to build an in-store environment, regardless of industry, regardless of company. The goal here is to help do a couple of things, right? It's one, to help people that are partnering with the project managers that are building the in-store environment, to help them be good partners with uh, with them. Two, it's to help people who are in the industry or trying to get into the industry to understand the lay of the land, what it takes. And then lastly, is to help your average customer that's walking into a store to understand all of the different parts and pieces that have to come together to build this environment that helps find them their product and leave them satisfied um, and excited with all the stuff that they buy. While I work for one specific retailer, A lot of this applies to many different types of stores in the industry across the country, be it a large warehouse retailer like Costco, an apparel retailer like a Nike or an Adidas, a food and beverage retailer, luxury like Whole Foods, um, and anything in between really. The framework at a whole is the same. Obviously, there may be certain steps that are done differently or certain additional elements that are added. And throughout the time, I'm kind of going to be using some examples to show the uniqueness of different types Uh, of retailers such as a Costco, such as a Nike, or such as a Whole Foods, right? So let's start off by asking, what is an in-store environment? What is the scope that we're talking about here? What you start off with is the building itself. You have a large warehouse, a physical office space, um, a home potentially as well for a retail store. So you have the four walls, you have the ceiling, and you likely probably have the power lines, internet, water lines, and weatherproofing built into the space. So you have the building itself, and you need to design and figure out what it's gonna look inside. How are you gonna create an environment that allows customers to come in easily, find what they want, purchase it quickly, handle any kind of customer service complaints and additional auxiliary experiential items they need, and then walk out quickly and happily. So I'm going to break this down into four key large steps and then go into them in more detail. You want to start off with the design phase, then the blueprinting phase, then the planning phase, and then the execution phase. Oftentimes the designing and the blueprinting space can kind of happen together and they do. Um, But generally it's that start of like design and blueprint, plan, and then execute. So let's start off with design. Imagine that you're looking uh, at the space from the top down, be it, let's say, a large rectangle or square that showcases the store. How are you going to section out the space? So some of the questions you'd ask or things you'd have to think about is, how many aisles am I going to put in the store and how am I going to lay them out? This is also going to be impacted by the size of the store, right? What categories are you putting in there? Are you putting the full scale of categories that go into the store or are you going to put a skinny down version of it because the store is a smaller scale store? Where are you gonna put the registers? Are you gonna have separate sections? Do you have uh, self-checkout registers? Do you have registers for loyalty-based customers? Where are your pickup lockers gonna go? 
Oh, right, you got bathrooms for your associates and your customers. Where are they going to go? Associates need to have backrooms to eat lunch and to store their items while they're working. Where's those going to go? How are you going to place your freight? Because you need to have trucks coming in, delivering items and replenishing the goods that are being sold in your store. And then where are you going to place your entrance and exit? And how is that going to tie into the placement of all the other items in the stores? You also then have to think about after you've kind of done the bare bones structure of the store, how is the lighting going to be set up? You're going to need cameras, at least at the registers, at key areas where payments are occurring, um, and then possibly a few in the aisles as well, just to maintain security of the store. Oftentimes, some aisles, some registers, some select areas may need power or electrical, so you'll need to think about how to drive power through the ceilings and drop it exactly where it's needed. Depending on your store, you may even have to think about the parking lot structure, how our cars going to enter, exit, so to ensure that customers don't have to walk too much from their parking lot to the entrance of the store and they don't have to cross too many other roads that cars are driving on and minimize any kind of unintended accidents. All of these thoughts have to be done together and in tandem with each of the different business owners of each of these components because the customer experience is an amalgamation of how all of these different sections of the store tie together. Your lighting structure is related to how your floor reflects the lighting. Your register and customer service location is related to your order pickup lockers too, so associates can quickly get to the pickup items and give them to customers. Um, your entrance and exit of the store is related to the entrance and exit of the parking lots, which is also related to how freight comes in. Now, if you think of something like a Whole Foods, you also have to think of where your Amazon returns desk is going to be and specifically where your deli and cold food section are going to be. These are likely going to be at the edge of the store because you have specific compliance regulations around how food has to be cooled and how the food prep has to be done uh, according to local jurisdictions. When you think of something like a Nike store, you may have to add on where the fitting rooms are going to be. If there's a design studio and possibly like a Lululemon might even have an alteration studio with associates uh, supporting customers. And then last, when you think of a big box like a Costco that's almost a warehouse retailer, you got to also think of where you're going to place the gas stations in the parking lot to avoid too much queuing backing up into the parking lot, where you're going to put your massive amount of carts, and then also having large open space for your bulk product where you can just take pallets on pallets and leave them out, you know, for all of those toilet paper sales that you're going to have. Another couple of things that you'll have to think about is, all right, now what merchandise and categories am I going to have to flow into the store and where are they going to be stored before they get on the shelves? I'm going to have to probably talk to my visual team to make sure that they understand based on the structure of the store, where does all the signage need to go? And can it effectively be put up to explain to customers where to go to find all of the different things they need to find in the store? And then lastly, likely going to have to partner with the team that manages the labor and the talent we have in the store. How many associates are we going to need based on the size and based on the expected volume that we want for this store in, in terms of sales? All right, so we're done with the designing phase. Now comes the blueprinting phase. All of these ideas that you've sourced and come up with about how you want your store to look and how you want it to be built out in a very tangible sense have to be put on a blueprint. This is often where a store planning or a blueprinting or a construction team will come in to actually draw this blueprint. The blueprint has all of the necessary information that shows how everything is going to be set up in the store. This will have heights, widths, distances, possibly even information about the thickness of each beam, the height of each shelf, 
the type of registers being put, the fitting rooms, how freight is gonna be sectioned out, and what kind of doors you're using in different areas of the store. This team specifically is concerned with making sure that all of the different ideas that you and your team have put together in the design phase meet the necessary compliance standards, both of the company, but of the lo local jurisdiction as well. What I mean by that specifically is, let's say, are the aisles spaced out evenly enough so that customers can take their carts and drive through them? Can we bring ladders in if they're necessary? If we have lift trucks taking product in and out of aisles, can they move through? When we're placing our registers, can customers walk out quickly and easily while not having to walk through many other registers or bump into other customers that are trying to walk out? Are, are the sizes of our doors in compliance with the local jurisdiction? Are the bathrooms close by to ensure that customers can get to the bathrooms and find them easily? It may seem silly, but some of these things are pretty important when designing a store, even the minute ones. So once we've all had all these ideas vetted, removed, added to ensure we're in compliance with everything, we can then send this blueprint to all the necessary business owners that we initially brought up the ideas with during the design phase to show them on a single large piece of paper, hey, this is the idea, this is the plan, do you approve of it? And that way they have all the information in one place to say, hey, I like this, or hey, I don't like this, can we adjust it? And this is often a little bit of a back and forth situation until everyone is aligned on that single piece of truth, the blueprint that tells us what the final layout of the store is gonna be. So I think you probably now get an understanding of why these design and the blueprint stage kind of go together. Sometimes you may start off with a blueprint that has nothing but a single square and you'll start laying out things with your planning team or your blueprinting team. As you come up with the designs, you may initially share a conceptual blueprint with your partners and then make changes throughout the process. So these pieces kind of go together, right? You design and you build it onto a blueprint or you blueprint it out and then you adjust your designs accordingly. But ultimately at the end of the day, you have a single blueprint that is your source of truth that tells you how the story is gonna be laid out. Let's move on to the planning stage. This is the fun part, because now you know what you wanna do, you just have to plan it out to ensure it gets done. Oftentimes, this could take upwards of a couple of months uh, because there are fixtures, there's shelves, there's labor, there are a ton of different components that have to all be coming together at the store on the day of that large-scale installation that needs to happen. So the first thing you really wanna think about is getting the necessary inspections and the permitting done. There are different elements of compliance within a store that need to be approved by a local jurisdiction. This can be anything, like I said, from the location of the bathrooms, the size of the entrance and the exit, to even possibly putting up like a flag or a sign at the front of the store that need approval from the local jurisdiction. The reason this happens first is because the process is pretty thorough and diligent and therefore could likely take the longest amount of time to get approved. Next, you not need to start thinking about what labor you need. Who are the teams that are gonna come in to actually do the work? Likely, this could be an in-store team that you have that is specialized in building stores for your specific company, or you could hire third-party construction labor that are, have expertise in building stores, building buildings themselves. Um, so those, those are kind of the two options you have there. You also have to think about the category agnostic elements of the store. What I mean by that is that all of the beams and shelves that make up all of the aisles. Um, and then lastly, you also have to think about all the fixtures that go into the stores, the merchandise itself that you're trying to sell, 
and then any technology and communications aspects that you need to make sure the store runs on a day-to-day -day basis. So we talked a little bit about the inspection and the permitting happening first. Then you want to think about labor, right? When you think about whatever labor you want to choose, you need to make sure that it aligns with their schedule to ensure that they have the time to do the work. But you also need to think about if they need to be trained on how to do this work. You don't want the first time they actually learn about how to do this work to be the first time they come into the store because you are guaranteed to see a ton of issues if this is the first time the team is even seeing what their scope of work is. You may need to either have an in-person training, you may need to create some kind of training manual like a super large IKEA setup manual, um, or you can even have a pre-construction walk where a team walks with the construction team in the space to kind of take that blueprint and say, hey, this thing is going here, this thing is going here. And oftentimes that pre-construction walk will help them realize the occasional differences between what is on the plan, on the blueprint, versus what is actually in the store. An example would be the fact that they may have to break down a wall that is assumed that can be broken on a blueprint, but when they go into the store, they realize, wow, we can't break this wall because it's a structural element of the building uh, and we need to adjust our plan to accommodate this new uh, information that we've gathered. When I talk about commodities, I mentioned beams and shelves, but that could be even clothing racks for apparel brands. That can be nuts and bolts associated with putting everything together. That can be netting. That can possibly include lighting and registers as well. When you think of merchandise, you want to think of all of the different elements of supply chain that you need to bring together to ensure that they deliver the merchandise to the store. You also want to think about any fixtures that need to be added into the store outside of just the beams and shelves, right? Sometimes you have specific brands that want to showcase how products are in you, so they may have to put a fixture in a bay. But you also can think of your coolers, your gift card showroom, um, any displays that you're adding, possibly even mirrors as all of these fixtures that you have to add into the store. And then lastly, you want to make sure that your store has the necessary data lines, internet services, uh, oftentimes an intercom, and of course, the POS systems and the cash handling, because this is pretty important to make sure that you're making transactions quickly and safely, and you're handling your cash properly. Now let's assume that you've planned this out perfectly. You have estimated delivery dates for all of the items, the physical stuff that you're sending to a store. You've aligned that with when the labor team is going to the store. You've partnered with your technology, your data, your POS team to make sure they're there and at the right time. Um, and everything is lining up for a specific date or a roundabout date. So everything is in place. Now you just need to execute on the plan. You wanna schedule the labor. You wanna also try to define some kind of installation schedule for that labor team so they know what they're doing on any given day of possibly what could be a month to two month long installation process. And you wanna order all the necessary supporting equipment they may need. May that be lift trucks or any other safety equipment. You wanna make sure everything delivers to the store that needs to deliver. And this oftentimes would mean tracking on a weekly or monthly basis where production is. And especially with the supply chain issues right now, you never know when a supplier may tell you a day before execution that, oh, we can't deliver this because the component parts didn't come. So staying close on labor and on fixture and uh, component delivery is pretty critical. The good news is as soon as execution starts, the planning team's work is focused now on just supporting the labor teams. You want to be the person that manages all the issues during execution. So this can be anything from fixtures that are damaged or lost when they get to store, 
as mentioned earlier, any issues with the blueprint versus the actual space that are identified during installation, tying to any issues that are identified, potentially additional labor needs, or revisits to the store due to any incorrect or missed work or any unexpected work that needs to be added on. Now, let's say your execution goes fine, you resolve your issues, you solve any problems that occur. You want to make sure that the work is completed accurately um, and to your liking and to the expectations that the company has for it. So let's make sure we paid for all the items, cut out all the POs, make sure the labor team's paid out and make sure freight is all handled. You then want to do something of a completion walk, be it with a third external party, with an internal company representative to make sure that every small element is completed. It's better to do this right after the installation than forget about doing it and then find out of an issue when a customer is walking through the store or a customer complaint comes to your company. Lastly, the initial inspectors that walked your store before you were going to execute it need to also sign off to make sure that what you promised you do to be in compliance with the local jurisdiction has actually been done. And finally, grand opening. This is the fun part where you have your store all put together and you begin to welcome customers in to sell products and meet and surpass their expectations. So let's recap what we talked about. You wanna begin by coming up with the ideas, designing them and putting them on a blueprint and getting approval and support from all the necessary cross-functional parties that own every area of the store to make sure everyone is aligned and you are in compliance with any company or local jurisdictional standards with how you've built your store. You then want to start planning how you're going to execute on this design by scheduling and training your labor, ordering the necessary parts, components, fixtures, and registers that you need to get the job done. Make sure that they're all delivering at the right times. And then also partner with any internal support teams such as communications or internet and data to make sure that they're also there supporting the labor team's work. Lastly, you want to execute. So define a daily schedule for installation, ensure that all the items delivered, and then manage any issues that come up during the installation process. And by God, they will come up. So don't expect that they won't be ready for that. And then lastly, you want to make sure that the work is done correctly, verify it, and set yourself up for grand opening. A lot of these projects can cost from couple of hundred thousand dollars to upwards of a couple of million dollars. So this entire planning process going through very smoothly and very meticulously is incredibly important. Additionally, a lot of the teams that manage this process are not just focused on one store. They may be focused on planning out 10 to 100 stores on a given year. So every single store could be at a different step in this process. So this entire process needs to be handled a very project management methodology to ensure everything is tracked and everyone has an understanding of where the store is in the process. Communication is integral to ensure that all of the different teams that are involved in owning every element of the store understand the schedule, understand what is expected of them, and are held to the highest standard. I hope that was really helpful to you. Um, super exciting to talk about some of the work that I love doing. Um, and hopefully the next time you go into the store, you'll realize how complicated, but also how cool some of the items are that go into building this environment that you love so much. And that's been it. Thank you for listening to Between the Isles. This is Adnan Basrai signing off. 